We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. 11 by Sandro Cisneros. Let's talk about it today. Can you even count that high? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'll say this. This came to us actually by multiple recommendations of people saying, hey, can you check out 11 by Sandro Cisneros? And I'm kind of curious as to why, right? Like in terms of the usual stories that we read, this definitely seems like something that might be aimed at a younger audience and we're not a channel for that younger audience. So kids leave, leave if you're here. Okay. If all the kids are gone, (laughs) dude, I secretly love this story. It was so awesome. (laughs) I thought this was a brilliant story of almost like that, that childhood journey of self-discovery and realizing at a very young age that life is not fair and that sometimes it throws you lemons and you gotta make lemonade. I really liked this concept because, you know, one of my favorite authors is William Faulkner, and I always talk about how you carry the past with you and some of the techniques that he does about smashing time together and what he recalls, you know, tied together thematically brilliant. The story does something, I think, even more elegantly, honestly. You have this quote, Like some days you might say something stupid and that's the part of you that's still 10. Or maybe some days you might need to sit on your mama's lap because you're scared. And that's the part of you that's five. And maybe one day when you're all grown up, maybe you will need to cry. Like if you're three and that's okay. That's what I tell mama when she's sad and needs to cry. Maybe she's feeling three. I just really like that. The idea about how, you know, we can still be children inside. We can still be emotional. We can still have vulnerabilities, even though we wear these masks as we get older and we learn to, uh, you know, fit into society's molds and stuff like that. We still have this part of us in the past that is vulnerable and uh, that we kind of carry with us, I would say. I love this paragraph. Uh, I think it stands out as kind of the shining moment that it hit me that this story is really saying that you need to uh, allow yourself to be vulnerable. You need to allow yourself to be who you are and accept and love who you are. And, and I mean, yeah, as you said, in our society nowadays, it's not acceptable to do one thing or it is acceptable to another. And it depends on, you know, perspective, like we always talk about and who is allowing you to have that and which group you're in and your background. And this is just saying that, Hey, you are allowed to be you and don't be ashamed of that, you know, be proud of that. And if you need to cry, then you cry because, you know, if you miss your mom, you miss your mom. And I love that it gives me permission to be me and to accept my feelings, no matter what age I am, that I was okay with those feelings at one time before, I should be okay with those feelings again. I wonder if there's an element of this, like if I was thinking of like a one-liner for this story, it's that people can be onions. You know what I mean? Like there, there's there's a lot of different layers. When I say onions, or even like um like the Russian stacking dolls, right? Like you can peel back different layers of people, 
And, you know, sometimes we have these layers that we present. And if you peel back the opening bigger doll or you peel back the opening layers of the onion, you have a lot of different elements of what makes up a person. You know what I mean? And another thing that's interesting is you and I just recently talked about how when you're a child, you know, you have these lines um, because she's older and the teacher, she's right. And I'm not right. Like the way that we can just thrust things onto children that we're creating these layers in a sense too, when we're teaching our children, when I'm talking to my son, like, like earlier today, I have a little bit of problem with my son because he's lying to me. <laughs> it's, it's not that, it's that way. I know. Well, what it is, is he comes home. He doesn't want to wash his hands. Right. Like he's seven. Mm. Right. Not a big deal. And what, what he started doing is, is he's supposed to sing happy birthday, like to kind of mock 20 to 30 seconds of washing. And I come around the corner and I catch him not washing his hands. He's just singing the song. I was like, were you not washing your hands? And what's worse is that he lies to me. Right. And, and this is where I come on as an adult and I said, I know, I know you weren't washing your hands, right? Like I'm forcing the truth upon him and no matter what he does, it may be a, like, I'm starting to like second guess myself. What if I was wrong? What if he really was washing his hands and I miss out on it? But because I come in and I'm like, no, this is the truth. Like I'm an adult. Like I get to form so many of these different layers. I, I get to almost even attack some of this vulnerability uh, of a child in front of me too. That it just, it reminds me so much of the power an adult has around a child. When I was a teacher, I always felt that way the same as, as a student would ask me something. And I would always think I could tell them anything and they would believe me because you, you almost have that benevolent power over a child. If what you say is, is, it just is. And because as a child, you have that, uh, that sensation for, you know, that desire to learn. And, you know, you ask your parents or your adults or your teachers, your pastor, whoever, and you just, you ask them questions because you want this knowledge and you expect them to know the answers. And then when you get those answers, you expect them to be true. And I feel like this story is kind of breaking down those, those barriers of that maybe being a kid and being innocent is good, but being a kid and knowing the answers is good as well. Isn't it interesting what, what children do to break down our layers. Like, look, let's, let's flip the script. Let's think about it from the child's perspective. So this girl goes to school, you know, there's a stinky, nasty sweater and another kid lies. So she's got to put the stinky, nasty sweater on. Right. And it's only once she starts to cry, right. That's when we've reached that inner layer, right? Like that more vulnerable spot that we don't let everyone see. And I think that's when, you know, you as a teacher or me as an adult, like when we see the child reveal those truer parts of themselves, that that's when we can kind of be like, whoa, something's going on here. There's something else that's like at a deeper level. This isn't her sweater, right? Or, or this child really did work on his homework, or maybe my son really did wash his hands. You know what I mean? Like there's something about those different layers that sometimes when you reach the three layer, the, the crying or the vulnerable status, I think it makes us pause and open and, and open up our, our, our vantage of the world. Like there's something to be said about this, this child starting to cry. And if you remember in the story, all of a sudden we jump to all the happy moments. Like she's thinking about what the cake's going to be like, like she's using this self-defense mechanism and it all comes from like that inner vulnerable layer. Not to be mean, but isn't it kind of sad that, as adults, we only believe children when they will open up their vulnerabilities. They will only show their tears or their true emotions or their true selves is the only time that we'll believe them. Otherwise, 
it always in our society it's they're lying or it's always no mm-hmm. or it's always I'm right because I'm the adult. I mean, you remember I'm sure your parents probably said to that. You you said or did something and you said, "Well, why?" And they were like, "Because I'm the mother, because I'm your father." That's not a good reason. You know, I just opened up my heart to you and I just I was so honest with you, you know, brutally honest to my core and my soul as a child because they don't know how to be another way. And that's the only time you believe them. That's rough. Well, isn't isn't part of what this story, in terms of what it's speaking to me, crypto, we're old men, right? <laughs> yes. On, on this channel, we're 40, right? Sometimes yeah. we're 30, right? If we're, if we're having a little bit too much fun. But we're not 20. We're, we're not 20. 10. We're not 15. We, we don't go to those points, right? But isn't there something to be said about when you're with your wife or when when you're with your parents even potentially or depending on it depends on who's your you know around you like I'm speaking now to the the audience out there that sure. there's only certain people you let into those younger more vulnerable parts and isn't that the lesson that the children teach us like in this story is learning to maybe open up more than we traditionally do. Like maybe every now and then you and I need to stop being 40 and 30 on this channel and learn to be 10 and learn <laughs> to be five and have the joy that we might be missing out on that we saw as kids. Yes. And I think that children are the only ones that can see that joy in its purest form still because we've been beaten down, right? And in our 40s, we, we have so much life experience that has, has broken us, um, maybe not entirely, but has definitely taken some of the spark away. And uh, that's why I love, you know, hanging out with my niece and uh, and nephews and stuff is because they still have that, that magic you can see, that glint, that twinkle in their eye. And there's one tradition that we usually do um, at dinner time. We, we try to go over to um, my sister's house and always my uh, my niece, uh, who's been on the, the, the channel, she'll always say, all right, uncle, uncle, tell me a story of when you got in trouble or tell me a story. And then it's, you know, X, Y, and Z. She gives some, you know clarification of what type of story she wants and I love reminiscing with her because it did it does give her a, a, a perspective of my life and it allows me to reflect back upon my life that I probably wouldn't have otherwise and uh, I, I think that is important that we we reflect back upon our childhood every once in a while and I mean you can look around my my uh, setup here I definitely love love thinking about I'm 15 again <laughs> So whether you're 40, 30, 15, let us know your thoughts in the comments about what your interpretation of the story is. Do you let other people in? And do when you see other people letting you in, do you know to back off? Good question. My name has been Una. Thank you for spending time with us today. Peace. Peace. Wait a minute. 10, 11. Uh, I can't do it. All right.